Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking with Kevin and Son. Today, um, this interview is brought to you by Clay's Bakery over on um, Lancaster Avenue. Address is 700 Lancaster Avenue in um, Berwyn, PA. If you have a sweet tooth, talking about the best cakes and pastries on the East Coast, go to Clay's. See my friend uh, Denise and tell her Kevin sent you. Again, the phone number over there is 610-647-2119. Clay's Bakery the best cakes and pastries on the East Coast. So this episode is brought to you by RMK Productions and the 10 United Podcast Network. And our mission is very easy. We want to uplift people through the powers of their story. We want to share experiences and perspectives using the framework of teaching, learning, and modeling. Our purpose is very simple. It's hope. We want to help people every single day and bring people together, no matter where they come from. Today, I have a very special guest. When you look at his background, you'll think he's someone my age, but he's a young, beautiful, handsome young man and very strong and very committed to his passion. He is a registered behavior tech, an energy and mindset coach, healer of tra trauma and informed, I have to ask him what this is, a psychology major, and he's a strong advocate for human rights, and he is the poster child for bringing people together in the community of LGBTQ plus advocate. I've known this kid since almost when he came out of the uh, womb. He grew up in, in my neighborhood, um, childhood friends with my, my son. He's got world-class parents. I can't say anything more about this guy. I'll spend the next 20 minutes gushing over this young man. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce, you know, the child that I knew and now the man that I now know, Mr. Reese Warney. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you for having me, Kevin. I'm very excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you. Never did I think when you were uh, just a little young man that I would have you on my show as a ghost. I guess you have accomplished so much. You are on a mindset level. That is second uh, to none. Uh, you wear your heart on your uh, sleeve. Um, you're just universally a good person. And I, I am so proud to see the young man that you have grown up with. Now, even though I know your story, none of my guests know your story. So before we get into what you actually do as a profession and the reason why we're here to talk about mental health, We'll talk about humanity and bringing people together and you being a social advocate for the community of LGBTQ plus community. And please, I'm going to say this ahead of time for, for those of you. Um, I'm a person that this show is all about people you should know and people are doing good things. I know I've had conversations about um, people's lifestyle and I've gotten hate mail. And I just want to tell you, I say this all the time, the people that I surround myself with are people that want to bring people together, not separate. So in the event that you're having issues with your own personal biases, feel free to stop writing me in the comment box. Feel free not to follow me or acknowledge me. We don't need to hear your, your thoughts. If you're someone that wants to bring people together, then we welcome you. This space is to educate people. My grandfather always said, education is not designed to make you comfortable. It's designed to make you think. And so here goes the education. Reese, if you don't mind, tell us your story. 
Yeah, thank you, Kevin. So <clears throat> I grew up in uh, Sunwood Farms in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. Um, so, you know, in the same neighborhood as you. <laughs> and um, now yeah, everyone child... knows my old address. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so my childhood was just very loving and warm and full of that kind of suburban energy of everything felt like a utopia. And I was very close with my neighbors. Um, you know, I had some pets growing up. But ever since I was a child, I was just very in tune with my own imagination and kind of seeing the world through a lens of appreciating nature and just creation and everything around me because I was already being kind of reinforced by the love and the warmth I was surrounded by in my childhood. And so, um, you know, kind of growing up and seeing, you know, other communities and families um, not having the same kind of warmth or connection that I felt energetically as a child made me want to bring that same, um, you know, energy I had as a child, that same love to people that I saw needing it from an energetic standpoint and who maybe just lost their way a little bit and kind of um, became almost like on autopilot. Um, I, I kind of walked around and saw lots of adults and just people almost like tuned out or just not really looking like satisfied with their daily lives. And of course, these are in like glimpses and small moments that I would witness these kinds of things. Um, however, I knew that like the energy I had growing up was what I wanted to bring into the world and just help people reunite and connect on what brings us together as a humanity. And that is our souls. and. <clears throat> the fact that we have these very complex and deep feelings throughout our lives and in a society where there's lots of pressures and lots of distractions and materialism to kind of almost de-emphasize the need for, um, you know, taking care of your mental health and filling your own cup from an energy standpoint. Um, I, I just knew I had this calling to help people and fill their hearts from a place of um, just wanting to rebuild community and, and connection, like I said, that I had uh, within my childhood. Um, you know, and then kind of moving into my teenage years, um, I went through a series of traumas um, just that I witnessed personally and ones that I went through myself in coming to terms with my um, gay identity um, as I went to an all-boys Catholic high school. Um, and so <clears throat> I almost had to repress a side of myself out of fear and out of anxiety that the world couldn't kind of like accept who I was. And I think that just within gender norms, talking about emotions isn't something guys typically are trained or taught growing up, you know, across different cultures and communities, men are usually taught to kind of repress their emotions, not talk about things, um, kind of leading from an egocentric standpoint rather than maybe from an emotional one um, for women. And that's just kind of how society conditions people. 
Um, and I think that, you know, these, these gender roles are something that can be very harmful because it doesn't allow for emotional expansion. It doesn't allow for growth. I, it doesn't align with what masculinity truly should be. And ma what masculinity should be is leading from a heart-centered place and, you know, from security and safety and not from a place of lack or envy. And I think that's a very... Um, you know, apparent issue in society is comparison. And just within the age of social media, um, you know, people are kind of lost within these comparisons. And I think for me, I have to uh, kind of remind myself what, you know, is important energetically and the people around me and not necessarily the, um, the image of how things look or just the title of things. Cause I think people can get, definitely get, um, lost in that a little bit and that's something i witnessed in my childhood as well just with you know my own father kind of valuing you know reputation and titles over kind of you know emotional phenomena uh energetic phenomena like things that are more that have more deep meaning for me personally and for others out there who you know, source their energy off of connecting with others, building that love, building that trust with people. Now, let me ask you a question. I mean, this was not on the list of questions I had to uh, uh, set up originally to ask ask you. But before we go into all the, the technical stuff, talking about um, the mindset coaching that you do and um, how you help people uh, overcome trauma, um, let me pull back the, the first layers, which you brought, brought up. Um, when you talk about um, when you discovered who you really are, I don't know. How, I mean, there's people 65 year, years of age like myself that haven't discovered who they are as a person. They keep attempting to be um, someone that they're not based on the titles they're giving in their workplace, manager, assistant manager, CEO, CFO, president or whatever, but that's not who they really are. And I, I would say much like um, melanated children growing up and having to be have their identity addressed and how society is going to accept them. I've done this once before on, on an interview, and I layered over the biases of racism against blacks and minority and poor and layered over the bias of the LGBTQT plus, and I think there's a couple other letters that I can't remember, so please forgive me. Um, you know, too many letters in the alphabet for me to remember, and now too many um, <laughs> adjectives for me to remember what they're associated with. But there's nothing but love, kindness, and respect coming from this show you know, when it comes to humanity. As um, first, how did you address your own identity to yourself, and how, where did you find the courage? And I know where courage comes from, and I'll let you answer that yourself, mm -hmm. uh, and the strength in order to have the conversation um, with your parents, your closest of friends, and how was that received, and how are you dealing with that today? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I really was just coming to terms with the fact that I was queer and that I had to 
live this truth within society, even knowing that I was going to be met with, you know, resistance or judgments from people who maybe just don't understand because, you know, they're not in my skin or they're not in the skin of queer people. And so <clears throat> when I was really processing my own identity and coming to terms with everything and getting ready to come out to my parents and my friends, there's something I almost reminded myself as like uh, an affirmation. And this is something I do a lot, even within my mindset and energy work is no matter what truth I'm going to be living in, it's going to upset someone because the world is a place of a lot of prejudices and judgments. And it's not something you can necessarily avoid. I think it's one of those things where facing it and going through the discomfort in order to embody your own truth is what became most important for me. I just told myself, you know, no matter if someone's telling me that this is wrong or they don't understand me or, you know, they just don't understand LGBTQ plus people, I would tell myself that's not my responsibility. It's only my duty to live in my truth and to help people understand that there are others out there like me who feel this way internally. And it's deeper than a choice or, you know, a lifestyle or, you know, maybe some of the things or the judgments that come from, um, especially just, you know, societies that might be more prone towards not necessarily ignorance, but I think it's one of those things where people will make assumptions without fully knowing you and they'll make assumptions about what queer people are about based on what they hear on the news or politics and, you know, other avenues. Um, but for me, I just realized that embodying my truth fully was the most important because it would lead to my ultimate happiness and release me from any fears and programs that were kind of entrapping me within cycles of, um, you know, depression and anxiety and other mental health issues. It was not only like I needed to come out in order to, you know, take care of my emotional and mental health, but it was also just a knowing that the truth was going to come out either way, regardless of, you know, people's judgments. And I was met with so much just, you know, acceptance and support from my mother. Um, you know, my father was upset, accepting when um, I came out to him. I wouldn't say, uh, you know, anyone necessarily gave me this negative reaction or I maybe didn't have an experience where I was made to feel uncomfortable in that way. But I also think it's because I had really processed it and I was really like, hey, this is who I am. I am gay. This is one aspect of who I am and I've, em I've embraced it. And, um, you know, I just was met with lots of support from my friends saying we're so like happy that you get to live in your truth and you get to be a voice for people who maybe don't have the same privileges or the same people like friends and family that support them or can kind of understand um that truth due to you know just the state of the world um 
but I would say I'm doing, you know, wonderfully and just very happy with who I am as not only a, an energy leader, but just as a queer person. All right. Let, let me ask you this, because this is some, something I've had conversation personally, and we discussed this when we were setting up, up this interview. Um, I, I'm at the point in, in life, I listened to Dave Chappelle um, do his show, and now every comedian has to put a disclaimer on there because there are groups that have so much power. We're canceling everyone right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I still think that the, the toughest um, lifestyle to grow up in this America is being Black. Because no matter where you go, no matter who you talk to, no matter how the conversation comes up, you know, I always hear, you know, when I'm invited to a party and they say, well, I've got um, uh, my my friend Kevin is coming. By the way, he's black. They never say I'm, you know, I, I've got Reese coming to a party. And by the way, he's queer. It says Reese is just coming. Um, but one of the things that I said, what if we got rid of all these tight titles? What if we just quit putting a label that says, you know, I'm black, I'm this, and whatever case may be. Accept us for who we are. Accept us for what we do to our communities, what we put into our communities, and what we put in the hearts and minds of other people. Love has no color. You know, there's 400 some odd bones in, in, in the body. Our central nervous system all functions the same way. If our heart connects to a heart that looks like me, that feels like me, that is built like me and whatever, who gives a crap? who you love. We all deserve to be happiness and happiness comes from within self, within yourself. So all of this emotion, and I'm putting that out there because I want people to think, stop using the labels. And and we had this conversation. I've known you since you were a kid. Your name has been Reese. I look at your accomplishments and I say, I'm proud of you. There's no part of my conversation with your parents or anybody else that has anything to do with any of the, the labels that you've given yourself. And I will tell you going forward, if someone disagrees with how you live your, your, your life, send them your, your mortgage and tell them if you feel that bad, pay it. If they're yeah. not willing to, to add to your life, they don't matter. And I'm saying that to all you people out there that have issues with how people love and how you want to shop or whatever the case may be, because we all add value to someone's life. Now, this young man, you know, because of his um, passion and commitment, has done something that most of us don't do, and that's serve others. He's went out and got um, some letters behind, behind behind his name. He is a mindset coach, and he studies mental um, behavior. And part of the reason why, uh, another part of the reason why I have him on this show, because I live with a TBI, that's a traumatic brain injury. And some days I, I function when I'm not functioning. And I always warn my guests before they come on to hold my hand just in case I stumble and fall. I start to stutter. I tilt. Um, my eyes go one way, the case may be. So those who are always saying, well, are you reading off a piece of paper? Are you doing this? Whatever. I'm living. And this is the life that I live. And I'm living on my terms. But the mental trauma that is opposed on people especially our um, our underserved people when it comes to health. My guest is now the champion of that cause. Now, before we jump into your profession, your advocation, um, how do people get in touch with you, Reese? 
Yeah, so you can get in touch with me via uh, my email, which is rwernycoaching at gmail.com. And I also have an Instagram, which is Reese underscore life and energy coach. And I also have a TikTok where I post lots of videos about self-love and motivation. And my handle is ReeseWernie19. And he's very popular on social media, something that I'm not so popular on, and I'm okay with that. So do me a favor. Trauma-informed uh, psychology. You majored in that. Explain what that is. Uh, hopefully you'll help me because I'm a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> trauma-informed healing is understanding the impact that trauma has on not only marginalized communities, but just families um, all over the world. And it's really about reducing the impact that this has, especially on youth and of family members who might not have a voice to be able to, um, or even the resources to get out of this trauma. And so the work that I studied and, you know, articles I've read and, you know, peer reviewed ones within college, but even outside of that, um, talk a lot about this need within the new age for people to heal their trauma from a place of awareness of kind of what that trauma is and unpacking it because you know in the 1900s or just you know the 20th century i feel like mental health was just kind of starting to be addressed and i think we're at this point now in society where trauma has to be healed from multiple disciplines and not just one way so this can look like, you know, somatic healing um, with trauma healing that comes with like stretching and doing yoga and releasing, you know, parts of your body that almost shut down when you're living in the trauma. And what I mean by this is when, let's just say within a family, there is, you know, someone who is an abuser or a narcissist and, um, you know, the child is a victim of this abuse and can't kind of have the resources to, so, so to speak, fight back or kind of call out the what's happening within the home. Um, my kind of work is introducing forms of healing, including somatic, including interrupting negative mindsets with reframing trauma and adversity through an energetic standpoint. And what I mean by that specifically is for each individual person, I like to really delve in and understand what fuels them and what motivates them from their heart. And if they can lead with that, and if they can be comfortable with who they are, then they can navigate their way out of trauma simply by embodying their truth and by standing firm in the energy of, hey, this is who I am, or I didn't deserve this trauma, or I need to get out of this toxic situation because the trauma is affecting my mental health so badly. I mean, you know, there's thousands of people out there that are if if not more than that that are kind of trapped within these cycles and i think in a system that's already exploitative it's easy to kind of give in to the trauma but it's radical to have compassion for yourself and to fight for yourself within the trauma in order to make it out 
And I think that's something that comes from my personal experience when, you know, my brother was in a few um, mental hospitals for his own, um, you know, mental conditions as well, including epilepsy um, and a seizure disorder as well. Um, so I think it's really just about reframing where you're at and understanding what resources and options you have to like get your way out of the trauma and that comes a lot from you know psychology and understanding what thought patterns are kind of keeping you at bay or trapping you from making the changes you need to um and act within your life to reverse the trauma or to get away from the trauma depending on what the situation is because you know trauma is very complex it's very um multifaceted it affects physical health it affects emotional health and it deeply deeply impacts a person's ability to fully express themselves especially when people are living in survival mode and their nervous system shut down for so long that you'll hear people say almost like oh i've lost touch with myself or i don't even feel like i'm in my body um these are people that have been through deep traumas and it's really important to do the not only the mindset work to know that you know you are protected and there is there's always a way out of trauma but also the things you can do to reach out to resources and your local community of you know hotlines or intervention programs that might be able to step in or offer insight regarding um you know, more complexities within those traumas. Do you have um, at hand any of those resources that you can leave us with uh, right yeah. now since we're speaking of them? Who, 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 who would a person contact? And the reason why I'm asking that is because um, mental health, be it uh, a traumatic, through a traumatic injury with men or an emotional in injury, or a life-changing in injury that affects a men, uh, mental health is on the rise with men. And men, we struggle with asking for help until it's almost too late. And that's the reason why suicide rate is much higher in the men than anyone else, straight men, gay men, or whatever the case may be, is actually higher during the holidays with black men because we don't ask for help. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you, what's the first step of someone coming to you and what is the first conversation? As uncomfortable as it may be for me to come and ask for help, how does that conversation lead into conversation one, conversation two, conversation three? Because no, normally it's one and done, and we walk away and say, I'm fine. I physically look fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, oh, I can get this together. I can do it. But we suffer at night. I know for me with TBI, I hate the nights. It's because now my mind wanders. I can be distracted during the course of a day. But I also live um, in a positive space every single day that I'm helping other people uh, not jump, if, if I was to, to, to use that term. How, how, how does it start with you? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think what's first is just kind of unpacking and having the person come to me with what the trauma is, what their injury is explaining their side of the story just to give me a better understanding of what their situation is before I proceed. Um, you know, and then if it's <clears throat> something very serious, like a traumatic 
illness, a traumatic injury, you know, an abusive situation, I would simply intervene in a way where I provide <clears throat> local resources. And I'm about to, you know, list some of those, but please do uh, go ahead, start. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> for one, uh, there's the Trevor Project for LGBTQ crisis, and it's a, a for LGBTQ youth who are in um, perhaps homophobic or transphobic um, or just homes where they don't feel safe. The Trevor Project is a great way, uh, outlet and crisis hotline as there are 24-7 online um, people you can reach out to to chat for support. There's additional resources on the Trevor Project's rep, uh, website. Um, it is It accepts donations as well. And, um, you know, it's a project that I've really read about and enjoy because I've just seen it like impact and help queer people who didn't have anywhere else to go when they were trapped in their houses. Because like these people will literally on the hotline sit down and be like, what's going on? How are you doing? Do you need access to anything? Is there an emergency? Is there a medical need? Um, the Trevor Project addresses all of those things. And additionally, um, I would say the crisis 1-800-SUICIDE uh, hotline, especially for people during the holidays that are struggling, it's a resource that's just there for you to talk to someone. And I think in a society where we don't reach out for help, we have to start reducing the stigma and the shame around needing to take action when our mental health and especially for queer and black men that are you know struggling and um other people in marginalized communities it's like you have to <clears throat> use whatever resources around you to you know get your way out because then is when you can move forward and proceed with your own dreams and energy Okay, you you don't by any chance have the number to the Trevor Project, and the reason why I ask that, I have been trying for two years to have someone come on um, from Trevor to talk about it. Yeah. And have not been successful. So if you can help me with that, I would love to have them on. Yeah, of course. So the Trevor Project uh, number is. Um, sorry, give me one second. It should be okay. And I actually have that in my Rolodex, and this. Is, um, but the other question I want to ask you why you're you're looking um, that up is that you have uh, a mindset coaching degree. Um, how's that helped you as, as an individual? Um, because I, I know that with what I do as a living, it's hard to separate conversations you're having versus the conversation within yourself and not bring bring home someone else's luggage especially when you have yeah. to deal with it how do you mm -hmm. handle that yeah so i just personalize what mindset coaching means to me and what i mean by that is i i really just practice what i preach in the sense that when i catch myself having you know a repressed traumatic memory come up or my nervous system is activated by something that was triggering from the past I, I do the work that I literally employ with my clients, and that is to interrupt those negative thoughts or question where they're coming from. So an example of this is 
you know, with, with my trauma, with my father, there have been times where, you know, this question of what's the point in this or why try comes up. And it's almost like an existential um, block for me to like, want to continue healing. And I address this by like, literally approaching the mindset and telling myself, how is this mindset helping me? Like, is this serving me in the way that I think it is? Or is it protecting me from something? It's almost like dissecting the thought pattern with what its roots are. And for me, the roots are often I'm shutting down because of fear or I'm not wanting to do this. So I'm telling myself it's not going to be worth it. And this is something that a lot of us fall into, right? It's a cycle of you already know what you are going to be doing with your title or your job. And I think we fall in this trap of telling people about what we do. And that makes us almost like it less or it has to feel genuine to you in order for you to really enjoy what your career is. So for me with mindset coaching, I have to practice it within. I have to address those mindsets that almost limit me from moving forward in my life. And they're often existential. Um, and I interrupt these with, but how can I replace this with what is filling my cup right now? What hobbies am I like fully diving into in this moment? Where is my energy being reciprocated? You know, is my heart being met in the right place within this job? I mean, these are very deep questions that I think need to be addressed by the person and processed by each individual person. But for me, I know that employing what I practice is really helpful in keeping my mindsets positive and from a place of abundance and attracting the experiences that I want in life. And with my clients, I encourage the same thing to practice having like bringing that purpose into whatever it is that fills them up, that fire, that spark that someone has for what they're truly passionate about. That's ultimately what you know, helps with healing and it helps with just knowing who you really are and your self-esteem. Um, I think it's easy to get lost in doing what society or what people want for us rather than what really genuinely works for us and our mental health. Now, does uh, insurance cover conversations with, with you or is this something out of pocket expense? Because the other thing with with mental health and health in in, in general is the cost of health care. How, totally. how do we combat that? Yeah, so mine is through insurance, but of course, I you know, there's no easy answer to dodging the the obstacles of insurance. But I think just from a from more of like a conceptual standpoint, we need more resources and we need more accessibility for impoverished and marginalized communities because they are the communities that struggle the most with trauma and with mental health simply because they don't have access to the privileges and the resources that you know the rest of society can already have by hand so yeah <laughs> you, you ever think about um doing um online um, coaching or workshops with, with groups of people, would that make it uh, more affordable? 
Yes, absolutely. And this is what I would love to do on my TikTok is have my own like group of people that can come to me and almost meet weekly or monthly <clears throat> to discuss, you know, deeper patterns or things that we're noticing within our lives that aren't working and how we can kind of build the value system and also the the morals that we want for ourselves and not necessarily for what other generations or for what family members or for people in our lives want for us. And, you know, I find that like even at my uh, mother, whose name is Lisa Werney um, at Evolve Yoga and Beyond, I've led uh, energy-based workshops where I've talked about reframing trauma and kind of introduced journaling prompts that were related to, you know, wanting to make changes and energetic shifts in your life and seeing where we as a group were almost self-sabotaging and how to transform that stuck energy to a place of uh, movement and motivation towards what we truly desire within our hearts. And so... Um, you know, moving this onto more of a, an online platform and having a regular group is, to, you know, part of one of my dreams as being a healer. Well, I, I am I going to, when, <laughs> when we get, get off uh, camera today, I'm actually going to talk to you about a better way of, um, instead of going TikTok in order to have these groups and these conversations, because I'm a firm believer uh, and it's just my mindset. Um, until you own the, the show, it's never actually your show. Um, so if tick, you know, conversation comes up in a group that TikTok or Instagram or Facebook or whoever uh, doesn't agree with, they decide to shut you down. I will show you a way in order to have that conversation where you own your own conversation and people can be safe in there. And I'll show you how to how to do that. Um, we had conversation talking about the struggles of motivation and finding purpose of living with um, um, trauma, either emotional, physical um, uh, trauma, and how people deal with it, and how do they find motivation through through you? Um, and exactly what is motivation and what is purpose? Mm -hmm. So motivation and purpose, it's going to vary by definition for everyone personally, of course, but just from what I do, motivation and purpose is genuinely believing and putting action, aligned action, if you will, towards um, fulfilling true desires and fulfilling what you want from your life. So at the very basics, purpose and motivation is just where your energy goes and you get more of that energy back. Or you, it almost feels light and it doesn't feel restrictive for you to do this thing that motivates you or that gives you purpose. So for me, being a mindset coach is something that fills me up and, you know, it's almost like I'm able to have a healthy um, exchange of energy with my clients to where we really dive into, okay, what does motivation and purpose mean for you? Because what motivation and purpose means for me is building my dream, healing from my own trauma, like, you know, staying in touch with my true self and knowing what feels right for me in my life 
Um, and I say this with my clients too, is if you take away people's expectations and what society wants from you, what truly makes you happy? And when people tell me what truly makes them happy, it's usually hobbies or it's passions that they don't think they can make a living out of based on prejudice and biases. So I think motivation and purpose at the root of it has to almost undermine or get rid of those titles and those expectations. And it has to be about what fulfills you within to where your energy just flows freely and you're not being restricted by, you know, just judgments and people's, I always come back to people's judgments and expectations because it feels like the one thing that almost limits people from finding motivation and purpose. All right. So I'm going to ask this one last question. Well, I'm never going to ask one last question because my mind <laughs> works that way. Um, what makes you happy, Reese? What makes me happy is having loving experiences with people around me who share that same love and that same um, energetic alignment with what I love. And that's oftentimes creative. It's from a place of source. Um, it's spirituality. Um, for me, I'm happiest when I just am able to sit and <clears throat> sometimes it's drawing, sometimes it's writing poetry, sometimes it's having a very deep conversation with a friend. But the key theme to what makes me happy is the energy that's in place when I'm having present and mindful experiences with myself and with people around me who are able to value my my time and energy in the same way that I can value their time and energy. And something comes out of what that experience was. So whether it's a lesson, whether it's a shift from feeling a little bit sad about a past situation to feeling love and expansion with a friend or, you know, a, a person that just understands and can hold space for those emotions. Um, I think what makes me happy is just true freedom energetically. And I know that's abstract. So I try to also say, you know, it's journaling and it's making art and it's creating because it's the energy of that that makes me happy. Now, all of that just segues into the second and third question I'm going to ask you what motivates you and where does your motivation come from? Mm -hmm. What motivates me is my own um, heart and my own imagination. So, you know, the more I connect with the world around me and the more I feel my heart light up at seeing people smile or seeing that I've made a difference in communities where people are struggling, especially just with the mindset work that I do, that's really what makes me feel happy because I know that I've made a difference. And beyond that, um, what motivates me is seeing smiles on people's faces. It's seeing my own happy face in the mirror every day. It's waking up and having gratitude and coming from a place of abundance and knowing that the universe wants you to succeed. And it's placing things in your life for you to enjoy in every moment, even if there's darkness. The last one, it's not going to be the last one, purpose. Mm -hmm. What is your purpose and where do you find it? 
and how do you apply it? My purpose is to heal people through teaching based on my own experiences and knowledge, but also through being open-minded towards new perspectives and, you know, maybe just lessons that I still have to learn in my journey of being a healer and a mindset coach. But how I apply this is I hold a lot of empathy and compassion for people's situations and very real experiences and emotions. And it sounds rudimentary, but this provides so much purpose for me because people don't often have this that space in society to not feel judged. I really feel like I came on this earth to remove judgments, remove stigmas, allow people to show up as they are so that we can learn how to then move forward and heal and be authentic in our own skin to where we don't have to follow these arbitrary and, you know, sometimes annoying social structures that have been imposed to almost kill off our spirits or to make us believe that we don't have inherent motivation and purpose just by existing. Right. Um, one more time. How do people get in touch with you? Mm -hmm. So you can get in touch with me through my coaching email, which is rwerniecoaching at gmail.com. And Werney is spelled W-E-R-N-Y. Um, my TikTok page, um, which, again, I touch about a lot of these topics uh, about energy, self-love, um, trauma-informed healing, is at ReeseWerney19. And my Instagram is at Reese underscore life and energy coach. All right. All right. So um, I've enjoyed talking to Reese the man. I still look at you and I see Reese the little kid that's running around. I remember um, the, the Halloween costumes and, you know, your mom and dad bringing you around with my, my kids and so forth and um, the Christmas and the luminaries in the neighborhood. Um, I am very impressed with you, sir. Very impressed. I'm honored in order to, to be a part of this phase of your life. And you're going to go through a couple other phases in, in life and your motivation and your purpose are going to have uh, another de definition 10 years from now. And I hope I'm around in order to, to see that transformation, but you're a beautiful person. You're a beautiful human being. Now, my show is somewhat unique, and it wasn't by design, and it just happened to, to happen, um, I think, as part of God's plans. Uh, over the two years that I've been on this show, I've asked this question, what is your one ask, A-S-K? And I would say, make it big. And the reason why I, I, I ask that is because sometimes dreams do come true. I've had four people, had four strangers listen to a show and address those asks and made four people um, have their dream come, come true. I'm going to have um, uh, a Miss Wells, uh, Monique Wells from the Wells International Foundation come back on with two of the people that she has granted their wish to come true. She's from Paris, France, um, because no one believes it. I, it. I still struggle with believing that she made two people's dreams. So the people that follow my show, are not people that just like um, giving emojis or whatever. These are people that don't drive by an accident. They stop and help. So I want you to take a deep breath, and I want you to think a little bit. If you had to ask ASK one thing 
And like I said, don't let me restrict you to, to limit one thing. And your dream could come true. What would that be? I'm going to sit back and buckle up and see what this where this ride is going to take me. It's all yours, buddy. Yeah. So my ask is definitely to have my own coaching business through, you know, a whole platform where I have my own podcast and my own modules oriented towards energy-based and trauma-informed healing, um, but specifically targeted for LGBTQ youth. Um, as, as a queer person, I think we need more voices in society for people, uh, for queer people that are within the margins and that need a voice. And so a platform to be able to not only educate with modules to set up one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, which I already do as a mindset coach um, with queer youth, um, on top of that, a podcast where I'm able to address um, a lot of these topics that I've touched on with you today, because I feel like I really could go into more detail um, about just all of these societal issues. And it's so important to educate and unpack these things and have these conversations every single day, even if they are uncomfortable, because that's the only way change happens in society. Um, but you know, just with my big ask, I would say just, you know, a platform or a website and a, a way to connect to all of these different things, not only my TikTok videos, but, you know, um, like modules and coaching and a bunch of different resources that I can compile into one big business that's oriented towards um, queer healing and, you know, trauma-informed healing from a holistic and spiritual standpoint, because a lot of what I do is energy work and it's based on affirmations and rewiring your, your brain to literally think differently so that your life can change. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard uh, Reese Warney's ask. You've heard his conversation from his heart. He's also shared with his gift in order to help move people through the life of mental health and trauma, um, but also through being just a good human being, not just in the LGBTQ, whatever the acronyms are, plus um, community, please forgive me. My head you can always just it. say LGBTQ plus. I feel like that all right. makes it easier. Well, <laughs> thanks for saying it for me because I, I get corrected at, at home all the time uh, for not getting it right and whatever. And I said, you know, um, you know, too many vowels, too many uh, um consonants and so forth i'll get it right one day um your intention love, is there though that's all that i just matters. love that's why i say i just love people my actions support the lack of the alphabet that i have so i'm, <laughs> I'm not worried about that but yeah. um, you know we appreciate you i appreciate my loyal fans that have stuck with us in 2023 that have carried over and following us um in 2024 i've hoped that you've enjoyed getting to know another person that you should know on Talking With Kevin and Son. If you like what you've heard, go to um, our YouTube page, RMK Productions and Network, and subscribe and follow. And if you really um, would like to be a guest and communicate with us, uh, reach out to us on our webpage, www.rmkproductions.org. Connect with us, and if you'd like to be a guest, there's um, um, a tap on there that you can be a guest on the show. And Reese, 
you you have an open seat you can always come back and two, <laughs> thank you Kevin. i so appreciate being here and, and matter of fact i am going to ask you back because i'm doing a special with people that um are super achievers and i want to know their secrets to their success and it doesn't necessarily mean success as far as what's in your bank account of empire success could be just the the things that you do every single day in order for you to get gear, geared up and geeked up in order to help other people i know when i did it i someone asked me a guest asked me what was mine and i, I said i had never listed it and we were talking about it on air and i started to write it down i had 12 things that I did, I do every single day. And I realized the 12 things that I was lying to myself and that was rest and recovery. And I'm a workaholic. And I just realized, I said, you know something, I, I'm going to start shutting it down every day at 8.30 and get some sleep and see how that is going to work. So I've been doing it for the last three months. So um, to my listeners, I want to let you know, know that struggle is a never ending process. Freedom is never really won. You earn it and you win it with each generation. And like I said, I've known uh, Reese since he was a, a young person and look what he's doing. I got to get the world ready for you, uh, Reese, because the world is just not ready for you. You got greatness within you. And I want to thank you. Thank you. My, my grandfather always said, when you get to a point in life that you can help someone else out, it is your duty to do so. He said, reach one, teach one. And with that said, we will fade to black and we're out. Thank you for being a guest on Talking With Kevin and Son. Thanks, Reese.